The message for this day comes to us from that epistle text from 1 John, the fourth chapter. I invite you to flip back to that in your bulletins now, and you'll see the very last two verses of that passage in 1 John 4, verses 10 and 11 are highlighted in your worship bulletin. I invite you to read those with me now. Those are our congregational memory verses for the week ahead. Please take your bulletin with you. You can use it as a resource in the week ahead. Uh, Memorize those verses. Commit them to memory as they are an important passage that I think will be a blessing to you and your household. Let's read those together. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Thus far the word of our Lord. So you might have known that there is a new Marvel movie opening this weekend, new Avengers film. That is not the illustration for this weekend. Sorry, you got to come back for confirmation next weekend. Today I have a message for you. It's a pretty simple one. You are a self-centered person. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not a judgment. It's just a statement of fact. Same goes for me. Same goes for her and him and all these other people around you and all the other people out there. Self-centeredness is part of the human condition. And it has been that way for a very, very long time. You already knew that, right? You already knew that the world is not the way that it should be, and this self-centeredness is a problem. Self-centeredness causes brokenness both out there in the world and right here among us, even inside of us. We even have a fancy theological term that captures this problem of self-centeredness. Are you ready for it? Sin. Self-centeredness is sin. That's not a judgment either. Self-centeredness is, in fact, the defining characteristic of sin. Instead of recognizing that God is God, that he is the one who has designed life and leads us in the way that we should go, we human beings put ourselves in his place. Sin is pretending that we are the ones who get to decide what is good and bad, how it is we are to live our lives. Self-centeredness messes up your relationships. It messes up your decisions. It even somewhat ironically messes messes up how you care for yourself. You could say that self-centeredness is a disease. It's a condition from which you cannot cure yourself. And ultimately, this condition is fatal. Well, God knows about your problem. God knows you. God knows that you can't fix yourself, and that is why he steps in to do what needs to be done. He does the heavy lifting for you. In fact, he does all the lifting. And that is why we are here this morning. That is why God has gathered us together as his people in this season of Easter. We remember the victory that Jesus has won for us. Jesus delivered everything needful so that you and I might have the life with him that he intended, both now and in the age to come. God loved you. 
and he still does. God's love for you is the opposite of self-centeredness. It's agape, the Greek word for love that is self-giving, self-pouring out in service of the other. And hear what John says about this love that God has for you as we heard it in our epistle text. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In Jesus, we get to see how God loves self-centered people like you and me. He is the one who came for us. He who is God came to be among people who pretended to be God. He took your place in death because he loved you. That is this propitiation. And you don't have to do a thing to earn or to receive his agape love. That might be a difficult point for us self-centered people to wrap our minds around. It was one of the best things about God's love for you. His action to save, his action to deliver, comes first. Before anything that you could ever do about it. And this action, God's self-giving love, it is all sufficient. It covers everything that is needed to make this reconnection with God happen. Jesus did it all for you, giving you life with God and giving you a new identity. You are beloved. Beloved. That is the word that John uses to address his audience, his fellow Christians, people like you and me. And it speaks to how God views you. You are loved in Christ. You are dear friends Again, not because of anything that you have done or because of what you are doing, but because of his self-giving love, his agape. Jesus' selflessness overcomes your self-centeredness. He reconnects you with God. He connects you with your fellow Christians. He even connects you with all those people in the world out there that he too would have called his beloved you are loved to love. Through Jesus, you have new life. You have life which is meant to be lived out in love. The self-giving love that you now have as Christ's beloved, that agape that comes from him and through him as the living, the living vine of which you are a branch, as we heard in John's gospel this morning, that love runs counter to your self-centeredness. You'll find that the more time that you spend with God in conversation, in prayer, engaging with his word, that his agape love will come out through you. A few verses after our reading from 1 John today, he writes, we love because he first loved us. God's action is both the power and the motivation behind any self-giving love that we have. Beloved, if God loved us, so we also ought to love one another. Now, there is so much need out there in the world that you are never 
going to be able to take care of it all. But as Christ's self-giving love works in and through you, God will change the lives of the people around you. So how or where are you being called to show this agape, self-giving love in your life? What are the opportunities that God is putting before you right now to show your love? Maybe for a fellow Christian, the people even in the pews around you this morning. But who else might you know that is in need of sharing God's self-giving love, the love that Jesus has for them? Who do you know in your family, among your classmates or your co-workers, among your neighbors, among the strangers that you might encounter as you go about your day. Pray about this. Look for where God would have you love. That can be tough for us self-centered people to get out of our own headspace, to try to see where God would have us be sharing this love in the world around us, especially in our culture today. Because that culture is calling us to look back inside. It's pointing us back into self-centeredness. Heed John's direction this morning to test the spirits and messages of the world. If you keep putting them up against Scripture, you'll be able to tell if they are calling you back into self-centeredness. Listen to Jesus, who is your vine, and take confidence in the fact that he calls you beloved. Like Philip, the Holy Spirit is sending you out into the world, into the desert places where the good news of the gospel is so desperately needed. As you go, as you go as bearers of God's agape love, you are bringing love to the people who need it. You are living it out in your words and in your actions. All of these, like that message of Scripture through the prophet Isaiah, pointing to Jesus, to who he is, and the victory that he has won for you and for them. God has acted. He has acted to make you his beloved. And now he sends you out in that self-giving love. You are loved to love. Amen.